Welcome everyone, Formula Access. I promised you guys that I would be bringing Formula One to your doorstep. Today I have Guillaume. Guillaume is with uh, Alpine F1 and we're excited to have you, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming and just kind of giving everybody a snapshot of what you do. Hey Ryan, how are you doing? I'm doing excellent, man. You're I, I like I like the background. I like the background. This is uh this is pretty original. Like I've never seen that before. So this is your race. Pretty man. good. This is this is Alpine's day. Yeah, yeah. I'll well, cover that, but yeah, this is Esteban. Esteban winning. Like that was that was great. You know, it's uh, it's um, it's our first win since we came back in Formula One as uh, as uh, Alpine and also as Renault. Back in uh, back in two two thousand two thousand and fifteen or two thousand and sixteen, that was the comeback of uh, of Renault, and uh, and that's the first win, and was followed by a beautiful podium of Fernando last year. So it was good. You know, you know what I found most amazing about that race is the teamwork. You know, a lot. <laughs> yes, a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, I love Alonso. I love. I mean, I I love the guy, but like that's the first time that you really saw him like operate in the team like it was it was beautiful the way that he supported his teammate and gave uh Esteban the opportunity to to take that win well deserved by all measures but you know it was definitely uh he's a great team player like he's a great guy um always like you know focus on the team not only on himself and uh that's that's a rare quality in uh drivers in formula one this this like version two is even more impressive to me than you know all of the years that he spent at ferrari and and whatnot i just i've i've really i've really enjoyed that time and i've actually honestly like i've really enjoyed you know esteban getting getting into alpine and finding a home a long-term home where he can really just showcase his skill set it's it, it's really it's really cool what you guys are doing I, I think you guys got a great team. I think, you know, everything you got going is, is something, something special and something special ahead. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's not, that's not only me, you know, there's a, there's a thousand, 250 people, you know, walking on the car. There's the people that you can see at the race strikes that are, you know, between 80 and a hundred people. Uh, but there, there's so many people that walk, you know, their, at their day-to-day lives at the factory. Um, we got two factory, one in Paris, south of Paris, which make you know the engine, the 1.6 liter hybrid engine uh, of the Formula One car, and then we have like the factory where I'm based, uh, which is next to Oxford, um, uh, just an hour from London uh, in Enstone, and we have like, I think it's uh, around 800 people over there. Uh, walking from design to manufacturing to engineering, everything that's not related to the engine is based over there. So there's a, a lot of people, not only the drivers, but a lot of people that are working insane hours to make it work. Amazing, amazing. And don't sell yourself short. You're, you're in sponsorships and we'll get into that. That's an important part of uh, driving the mission forward. Those logos are meaningful to all of those people that support the team. And I, and I honestly, I think, you know, that's always been my, my, my desire for this channel is to really showcase the, the hundreds and thousands of people that get that car to the grid and get it across the finish line, because, you know, drive to survive, 
you know, the television broadcast really focus on the team principal uh, and the driver and to some degree, the pit crew. But, you know, there are people like you every single day, you know, out grinding it out because it's your passion. And because, you know, from a, from a professional perspective, you're at the pinnacle of motorsport. I mean, you work for one of 10 teams in the world operating at the highest levels, moving at the fastest speeds. It's incredible. And I, and, and I think that's what the audience is always looking for is like, how do I, how do I get to, to what Guillaume is doing? How do I get to that level? Because it's so big and enormous that it's almost off-putting. I mean, as, as terrible mm-hmm. as it sounds, like how hard is it for um, somebody to approach a beautiful woman? Because it's intimidating. And I think Formula One is so intimidating to so many people. And, you know, and I was I was interviewing another guest yesterday and, you know, it was he, he got into Formula One because he responded to a social post to to a leader with inside a Formula One team. And he was impressed by that and reached out to him and he got a job for for Williams, you know, and it's like. I just I, I love I love the story, so. With that, explain to the audience, you know, what do you do and, you know, what do you do yep. for, for Alpine? Look, uh, I do multiple things, but uh, my, my main role, as you said, is to find sponsor for the, for the team. So what we call hunting. So um, finding new sponsors for the Formula One team, that means to reach out to, you know, C-level executives in, in big companies and ex- exploring how I can add them to you know, become an F1 partner. And um, there's many layers to it. It's not just a logo on the car. Um, we have, because the, 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 the competition and the Formula One is so technical in many d- different aspects. You know, we're, we're talking about design, we're talking about engineering, but we're talking also about logistics. You know, next yeah. year we're racing in 24 different locations all over the world. And one, one you know, one, one week you're racing in Las Vegas and the week after you have to be in Abu Dhabi with all your equipment. And we're not talking just about the car that goes like on plane or something like this. We, we're talking about spare parts. We're talking about people because it's, it's the logistic behind it is insane. But what you can see in Formula One is that every department is at the pinnacle of technology. We have like additive manufacturing. We, we, we know we, we're in business doing sponsorship. You have like race strategy in, in engineering, like, you know, data science, everything is at the top of the top and pushing the boundaries of what's possible. And so that's, that's what's ex- exciting to sport. So, but to come back to your question, um, I do sponsorship. So partnership, uh, and develop that. So reaching out to companies that are interested into, you know, talking to a new audience through Formula One. Um, the second part is more uh, geeky, so you would understand why I have like a, a kind of like gamer headset, a gamer chair, and those these things. So I look after uh, esports for Alpine, um, and we compete in the F1 esports championship. Um, you know, against all the other Formula One teams. So it's managing these day-to-day things. We have our own sponsors. We're doing many things from, you know, professional drivers in simulators to putting these drivers into real cars to see, like, 
how they can perform with that as well. So that's the second aspect. And uh, third aspect is uh, blockchain and Web3. Uh, this is something that is brand new for a lot of like companies and, you know, F1 and Alpine. So an, auto, an automaker and a Formula One team cannot be, um, you know, too far from that as well. So uh, these are like the three main things that more or less manage and lead for Alpine. That's that's fascinating that you cover so much territory inside a single team. Yeah, it's not I don't do it just myself. Like I got people to help me with it. Uh, I got a team of people helping me with that. But uh, but yeah, it's you have to be dedicated um, and you have to you know strongly believe on on the you know, the project of the brand, but also like your team and it's. Uh, it's a very exhausting job, but it's very re rewarding in many ways. So um, completely different to uh, a nine to five kind of job in, in, in a basic company, um, which has its perk also, but like here you're part of a team and you're fighting to, for the win. And it's, 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 quite, uh, it's quite a different thing and ambience, yeah. So any, anyone listening that is interested in just what this part of formula one looks like so so guillaume you know the when i send out a request for for this type of interaction it's not it's i'm not sending thousands of them out i'm actually looking at roles of interest as well as just kind of engagement and and i will say anybody with a linkedin profile has got to follow you because you do such an unbelievable job of of marketing. So we also have a family business and marketing and my yeah. wife runs that company. And so to, to spot somebody that understands the way that marketing works, which is a component of what you do for, for Alpine, it stands out and, and it makes it, it makes it really easy for a fan or just a kind of a partner to understand the value that you bring to, you know, to a sponsor is like, here's who we're bringing on. And mm. this is what that partnership entails, whether it's a sponsorship of like technology or logos or hospitality or whatever those things are. I want to do, I do yeah. want to get into that stuff, but yeah, yeah. You no, know, it's, it's important that you showcase it because it's, it's a scalable method of your job. You know, you can go knock on doors and hunt, you know, which is what I've done my whole career. I get, the, I get you. Yeah. And also just allowing a network of people to be like, you know what? I, I saw this thing that, that you posted. And I think, I think that's something that we need, you know, and, and almost creating the reverse effect of hunting, which mm -hmm. is like all of a sudden the animal comes to you instead of you like hunting it down. And, and I think that it's, it's valuable because it's a really misunderstood, um, value proposition for companies. I run a company. I understand, you know, when somebody comes to me and asks me to write a check for a sponsorship or some sort of marketing widget. And, yep. and it's really valuable. And, and I, I've seen that firsthand. I've been in hospitality and it's not about my logo on the car as much as it is. I actually can derive revenue to my mm -hmm. business in a multiple of what I have written 
this team. So if I want to be, if I want to put my logo on your car and you, you please get into this, but you know, there's so much more value derived from it than, you know, um, I'm trying to think of like, like shell, you know, I don't buy shell fuel because I see it on a shell car, but shell derives an enormous value from having their logo and the partnerships that they create with inside of formula one or whatever team that is that they're associated with is mm -hmm. way more valuable than a fan seeing it on a car and going to buy, you know, $20 worth of gasoline. You know, it's just, it's so much more than that. So like, Tell, tell me, and I, I do want to backtrack a little bit, but like, what's your origin story? Like, how did you end up with Alpine in this role? So it's, it started a, a while ago. Um, I was, um, so I'm not, I'm not that old, as you, can, as you probably can see, I hope. Um, I'm, I'm 28 years old. Um, everything started uh, in 1997 uh, when I was a baby. Uh, sorry for the people that are listening and that are a bit older than that. Uh, but in 1997, I was three years old and uh, um, my parents left me on the sofa in front of the TV after like I was watching some kind of anime or something like this and um, they didn't hear me for two hours. And the reason why was because F1 was uh, starting just after that show and they were surprised how silent I was after two hours. <laughs> And so that's where the passion started. And back in the days, it was Jacques Villeneuve versus uh, Michael Schumacher, um, you know, um, for the fight and for the win. I think uh, Jacques was driving for Benetton Williams and uh, Michael was driving for Ferrari. And uh, yeah, that's how I got into it. I, I was so crazy about it that I was like unsticking video cassette numbers to to put them on my little F1 cars. Um, so it's just, yeah, it started like this, you know, be, just being a fan of the sport. Um, then I followed like Fernando Alonso when he won, you know, his world titles in 2005 and 2006, and um, then got older, but. You know, I, I didn't have any money to go karting, um, and I was absolutely no go for my, you know, parents. They they saw how much it cost, you know, uh, to go and race. So, uh, but, but so I I started to see, you know, what can I do in in, in life that that you know helped me to you know live my passion as well as being excited by my work, and so I started to study business and international marketing. And so I did a master's degree in international business in France and then got to do a couple of like motorsports activities. So I didn't go from, you know, studies to F1 directly, um, you know, how, you know, we talked about like that inachievable kind of like goal or like uh, something like this. You need to, it's, it's a small industry in the end. Um, and so what I started to do is to do a lot of volunteering uh, into motorsport like races. Uh, I started with um, something that is called the 24-hour series. Um, so I was volunteering for them. They do basically endurance races for GT4 cars, the uh, GT3 cars, sorry. So it's basically very rich people that uh, want to drive like very powerful cars on weekends and race uh, for 24 hours or 12 hours. And uh, that was super cool. I was organizing trophies, you know, ceremonies, podiums, uh, you know, helping with logistics, bringing pizza to, to people, helping them register. It's, it's kind of like job, but you get like to fly for free 
uh, to these amazing locations, see amazing cars. You don't get paid, but yeah, you're a student. You just love these things. So uh, I've done that. Then I've, I've done like a couple of internships in, uh, at Honor Sport. So Honor Sport was organizing European competitions of racing with, you know, one-seater, uh, you know, Formula 2 uh, kind of cars. Um, and GT3 cars as well. So I was helping organizing all these championships as well. Uh, I worked as well with on projects for schools with like companies that used to uh, produce cars in Formula One, like Ligier, for instance, and they still produce LMP2 cars. And mm -hmm. so work with them on a project to launch a, a new like racing car as well. So it's how you, you put yourself into that kind of automotive environment and um, and you know with people that share the same passion so they one person need then have a contact and you build your own network uh, through it so that's what i did on top i had like my own society at school uh with all people that were passionate about automotive you know road safety uh motorsport so we would organize karting events have discount driving license um uh training for students so it was like all a big project and it's still running on year on year. They, they, they got like 40 active members now um, wow. that they of that for students of the region. But so I'm starting doing this and at some point um, we've through that network of like people. Um, one of my friends who was like the same student in the society like told me like, uh, I know you're looking for an internship. I know you love Formula One. There's this guy who tweeted something. He's looking for an intern. And that guy used to be the um, sponsorship director of like the biggest soccer team in France. Mm -hmm. He had recently moved to uh, Renault F1 team. It was back in at the end of 2016. And so I answered his tweet and messaged him and say like, you know, I, I would love to join you and help building sponsorship in that team. And, you know, to which he said like, let's have an interview. And so that's how it started. And then I joined the team as an intern and they then sent me to the UK side. And uh, that's why I grew up uh, with the team. Yeah. It's been five years now. So, so this started from a tweet. Like this started from a tweet as well. See, that's, that's, I, I had previous experience as well. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sport, but, but it started from a tweet. Yeah. But the opportunity was created because you threw yourself out there on Twitter. Like I, Again, yeah. you know, my my entry into this world was throwing myself out there on Quora. The gentleman from Williams that I just spoke to did it, you know, I think from yeah. LinkedIn. So yeah, I like that's I think it's a true testament of hope to to young people trying to trying to get into the motorsport end of it. And I'm I'm actually really excited to have you here because you're more on the business end of it. Because mm. you know there's a lot of fascination with engineering and, you know, and, and some engineers can make as much as the drivers, but I think from the business end, I am more fascinated with what you do inside of the motorsport than kind of anyone else. So, you know, kind of, kind of get into that. So you, you're in charge of sponsorship. So all the logos that we see here, you know, obviously on a different car, you're responsible for, for finding them and bringing them to the team. How do you do that? So basically, as a Formula One team, we got like three main level of income. First one is the TV rights. You know, as a broadcaster, you pay F1 to um, get the right to broadcast the championship. And that gets divided 
between the team um, and F1. And depending on how performant you are in championship, you get that income. So that's millions of dollars that gets back to the team. Mm-hmm. Then you have like merchandising licensing, but that's, that won't be like a massive income. We're talking about a couple of millions still. Uh, and then you have sponsorship. And sponsorship is, is a massive part for Formula One teams. Um, the higher you are in the grid, the more valuable your logo on the car is. It's just basic. Like if, if you were Mercedes last year with you know Red Bull, mm-hmm. you would get like a lot more like share of visibility. So your sponsor on your car has have a bigger exposure than if you are at the bottom of the grid. So that's that's how it works. And most likely, the teams that are performing the most can sell their 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 sponsorship for more money because they have more fans, they have more fans of their drivers, and that's how it works. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, there's, there's two types of, of, of sponsorship. You, and we, we prefer to call it partnership uh, because I would say there's three types actually. Um, we, we manufacture cars, you know, like we have like 1,200 employees just to create two cars a year for two customers that are the drivers. It's, when you think about it, it's insane. And yeah. we have like massive factories for that. And we're using a lot of machining. There's, a, there's an incredible process of like um, creating parts quickly. Because if, if the quicker you are in designing parts and then producing the parts, the quicker you are in having like having like new parts on the car, you know the car is not coming to the race with just one outside of the of the of the truck and up. Uh, let's uh, push a button and the engine starts. It's way more complicated than that. You know, Formula One cars is around twenty five thousand different parts that change all over the year. So the Formula One car that starts the season is completely different than the the, the Formula One car that finished the season. Say. It's, it's plenty of different parts and we manufacture most of these parts ourselves. So we need to find technical partners that help us to develop, you know, our expertise in logistics, our expertise in like carbon fiber production, our, you know, expertise in cutting titanium parts and metal parts. So we need the machining. So some, some sponsor will just like be technical. So come in and say like, look, I will give you like this amount of machines uh, that are worth like you know two million a year uh, to run, and I will do it for free for you. And in exchange, I want my logo on the car. I want some hospitality to the races. I want to be able to associate my brand to your 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 team. And that's that's what we call technical partners. Do you have technical partners that will bring you know experts of their uh, in their their industry to advise us on better manage our data, for instance. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you have 300 sensors on the Formula 1 car, and that sends data from the racetrack directly to our factories. And in the factories, we have something that we call the Ops Room. And it's, uh, it's like the Na- NASA room, you know, if you watch like yeah. a big sci-fi like movie, you have like all these guys, you know, with headsets in intercoms, like talking, you know, following graphs. We have the same in Formula 1. We have like around 45 to 60 engineers live. So what you... When we watch your screen on TV, you have like 60 engineers analyzing the data and they look more at the data because the data is quicker to go from the center of the car to the Formula One factory than the TV that, and, the, and what you see on TV. So it's, wow. it's, it, it's, it's insane. And so the amount of data that we get, for instance, we need, we, you know, we get like 
two million you know gigabytes of of data flooding into right into us and how we need like experts like expert company to help us like to you know manage our data and get the right data at the right time in front of us to take the right decisions in seconds because you know when something happened on tracks in the next minute you need to pit the car and have like 20 guys or and women like going out of the pits and change four tires very quickly so so we have like these like kind of technical partners that can be you know softwares uh, that can be like anything and uh, sometimes collaboration between the two companies we, we work with Boeing, for instance, using our wind tunnel. You know, Formula One teams are using wind tunnels, so it's massive turbines that blow air on the car. Um, and so we're scanning the particles, how, how the particles of air move on the, on the Formula One cars. And that gives us an idea of how the car would, would behave on the racetrack. And so because we, uh, we can only use this a, a certain number of, of hours per week because of the F1 implementation. We're using this to help like, you know, companies like Boeing to design their aircraft and help them to develop, you know, better solutions. And, uh, and it's just the same with electric cars. You know, people are in the debate between Formula E and Formula One. If Formula One is, is developing way more solutions for electric cars of tomorrow than Formula E, uh, simply by the aerodynamism. So we as Alpine, we produce cars and we're going to EV. And so we put this, Broadcast on our wind tunnel with our expertise of Formula One, and we can find ways to have our broadcast using less electrical battery, electrical energy, because mm. of the aerodynamism of the car. And so, so this is, the, I'm, I'm getting like, um, onto too many, too much detail at the moment. But the main thing is like Formula One is cutting technology where you focus on this building very fast cars, racing cars, but our expertise is in racing cars. So we need companies to help us with their expertise in their technology. So these are like the technical partners. Uh-huh. Then we have like um, sponsors and these are like brands that could be doing both, um, but it's another category. So there are, there are sponsors that are looking to tap into uh, US market, European markets that are the you know biggest audiences in Formula One and you know they're probably like, you know, a brand from Asia and they want to tap into a new market. So they will like put their logo on a Formula One car, want to advertise with the drivers. They want to do specific ads. They want to do social media. And we can, we can help them with this. Um, and say, so it's not just a logo on the car. They get like a huge panel of, of, of tools and experiences that they can use on top of like a logo on the car. And that will help them to tap into these new markets. Then you have like, what we call more like B2B companies that they don't do much B2C, but they, they know that people that watch Formula One tends to be having higher income, tends mm-hmm. to have like decision-making roles. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they want to use F1 as um, something that brings um, a value into what they're doing. So mostly technological companies or um, advising companies like, you know, all, all these kind of like companies have um, seeing values in F1, um, that is cutting edge technology, innovation, teamwork, like all of these values like match with theirs. And so they want to use F1, one, because it's matching their values, but also to use for all the experience and hospitality that they can use after that, say inviting CEOs of their custom, customers, company 
to the racetrack and having the time to do business while having a nice moment watching very, very fast cars on track. So, so it's interesting that you say that. So, you know, we were talking before the show, I, I went to the St. Pete Grand Prix. I got to spend some time in Andretti hospitality and, um, you know, I had dinner, I had dinner with a young driver the night before. And I, I, I kind of asked him the same question because at the lower tier, you have to go find all your own sponsors to support your career. Exactly. And, and so he, he said something really interesting about um, the B2B value of hospitality. And he was saying, you know, you know, I get all these business leaders into hospitality and then they just start exchanging business cards. And I was like, ah, okay, maybe like, yeah, if I go to a race, I'm going there to have fun and enjoy myself and, and something I'm passionate about. And okay. Well, the next day I was in hospitality and, you know, I was sitting in <laughs> lunch and everybody at the table is like, what do you do? What do you do? And people start handing each other business cards. And like my wife was with me. So she's getting business cards and handing out business cards. And she got, she got customers from that. And I, I was just, exactly. I was just sitting back in the chair going, aha. I got it. I get it now. Yeah. Okay. This this changes the game for me. Okay. I I totally understand now. And and it started, it actually got my wheels spinning of just the the value of being in an environment of like-minded people that run business and you know and have needs. Again, my wife has a marketing agency. Everybody needs marketing. So, you know, especially one that drives actual value. But in, in your sense too, you know, getting all those people in hospitality, you know, is, is a really, really valuable thing that, you know, at the end of the day, closes deals, you know, it solidifies relationships and it drives revenue. And, and I think if, if more businesses, especially here stateside, understood that, I think the the value of what you guys do would would increase dramatically if they understood if they could have that moment that I had at at that hospitality. I, so I, I do think that that's really valuable. But like, what you don't just give them a place to sit and have lunch and and chit chat. But like, what what other sorts of like hospitality do you guys provide? So, so we got different type of hospitality. So in Formula One, you, you see like there are grandstands hospitality that's more like to use for internal communications, you know, uh, reward your employees, the best, you know, selling, you know, business people in your, in your, in your company. So you, you give them general access with uh, access to grandstand. And that's something that we can give into our partnership um, contracts. Uh, then we have like, you know, like on your screen, for instance, like when you pit, you have just above like that, you have what we call the paddock club. So that's the, the most like kind of VIP hospitality at the racetrack. You're just above the garage of your team. And every team has like a private suite with all, all their partners in there. So you're, you're looking at 100 to 250 people uh, per weekend, mm -hmm. per, day, per day, sorry, because it's Friday to, to Sunday. And there you have all your partners uh, that invite their guests, you know, that's likely to be C-level executives and we can organize, you know, private suite meetings. So we, we tend to introduce our partners to each other and end up being doing business to each other because of that. Oh, what you do? What do you do with Alpine Front? Oh, I do lubricants actually. And we also do like plenty of like 
fuel and, 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 and all the projects and uh, well, we could do business together. Okay, let's do business together. And that's, that's how it works as well. So uh, we do that, we do partner events as well. Uh, but then to come back to the hospitality side, we also have the paddock. Paddock is where the drivers are, where the motorhomes of the teams are. And that's like, that's you know, something that you cannot sell, uh, basically. And only you have to be a partner of the team to access it. So, um, but then you have lunch with you know uh, drivers. You have lunch just next to you know the team principal. Um, you're basically a member of the team, and that's where you can meet with you know uh, our group CEO, um, Group Renault, uh, for instance. Group Renault is part of the alliance Renault Nissan Mitsubishi that builds one in nine car in the world. Um, I can tell you that in terms of procurement and buying power, um, these are one of you know uh, one of the biggest alliances that purchase things in the world. So some of our partners are just interested to, to be partner of the team because they love Formula One, they use hospitality, but they also want to do business with our car group as well. And often it, it works very well. So that's the kind of, of thing we provide. We do factory visits as well. So you, you get to invite, you know, your customers, you know, your teammates to the factory, gets a nice experience to see how we build the Formula One car and, and you know, then have like a meeting in the afternoon to do business. We do uh, marketing appearances. So bringing, you know, br let's bring a driver to your event as well. And, uh, you know, have, you're going to have customers that are fan of Formula One to get they get a chance to meet, you know, Esteban Ocon or Fernando Alonso and have a, a chat with them or, or to chat with our team principal or chief engineer to talk about like how, you know, your company is actually helping the car to be faster and how your company is helping Alpine to be faster and produce faster car um, on, on F1 racetrack. And you have like your first customer, Alpine, your partner who's telling like, you know, our, our Formula car is winning in racing thanks to the help of X company mm -hmm. in front of your future customer. How good is that? How good is that? So, so these, these are like the things that we, um, that, that we provide to, to sponsors and partners. Yeah. I, think, I think it's encouraging to businesses too, because, you know, we've done corporate events. I, I have in my career, I've done, you know, national sales meetings. Um, you know, you have company meetings where you fly everybody in and you, you know, you have a week of, of time together. And, and I think, you know, as a salesperson in my career, you, even as a business owner, you struggle to find like, well, well, who do we bring? You know, they, they mm -hmm. engage me all the time or, you know, they engage a leader in the business all the time. But when you have somebody come in, you know, like a Navy SEAL or like Fernando Alonso or, you know, or the team principal yeah. or, or a chief engineer, these are people that are operating at the highest levels of, you know, business and engineering and performance. And, you know, when you, when you see that, your team can almost find an extra gear, you know? And, and so I think not just from a, like a, here's what our contribution is to a partner, but here's, here's something that we can extract to our team to get them to shift into a new gear and go faster, you know, because it's like, I, I have that in me, you know, I can actually do that. I I'm watching this happen here because if you, you know, if you sat down with a driver and understood what they had to do to get to that point, you're just like, mm. okay. 
Yeah, I, exactly. Complain about okay. All right, they've sacrificed <laughs> their entire childhood to to arrive here, and you know, and now they're busy a hundred hours a week preparing for every <laughs> race. So I, I totally, I totally get that. I think it's it's really, really, really valuable. So you you also run esports for Alpine as well, right? Yeah, that's another side of, of what we do. So. As a Formula One team and as part of your um, participation into the F1 World Championship, um, you need to participate as well to the F1 Esports Series. So it's basically 10 Formula One teams competing in the virtual world. So that we hire us could the best sim racer in the world. So the, the fastest people in the world on the simulators are driving for us and they have a full-time job. Um, they drive, you know, six to eight hours a day uh practicing uh trained like real athletes um and uh and that's a very interesting categories for f1 teams because we see this as um, first a way to bring also value to the younger fans that you know love f1 but also you know love practicing f1 in their simulator on the controller on their ps4 or ps5 or xbox and and that's that's you know that's that's something they can relate to because they can see all these young, you know, talents get to be working for a Formula One team as a, as a sim as an esport driver, and so that's another part of it. We we also participate in other like racing competitions such as like uh, the virtual Le Mans series. So it's endurance racing, uh, same kind of things, but you need to have uh, at least one real driver in your team. So it's a mix of sim racer and real drivers. And, uh, you know, we, we did the 24-hour Flamand Virtual uh, in January uh, last year, and we were supposed to have Fernando Alonso with us in our team. Uh, so, and he was like, you know, on the 26th of December, just after Christmas, like, it was like 10 p.m. in the evening. He connected on the Discord and said, guys, like, I'm practicing. Could you join? And he was on the simulator on his time off, like, or, you know, like training and training and training for it. He couldn't join in the end, like because of uh, medical um, things. Uh, but, you know, in the competition, Max Verstappen was racing as well. And yeah. so, so as, um, you know, Alex Palou from uh, IndyCar. Yeah. And so you have like a mix of like you know, drivers that love to do sim, sim racing as well. And so that's a very serious kind of theme. Uh, we we also use it from a business standpoint as well to bring also sponsors that um, you know are less uh, money to get part of in Formula One but still want to be, be associated with like motorsports and um, you know be joining the team and so that their new assets you know their simulators then like we can provide for your events and you know if you have a you know a big uh, conference or business event for instance. And you have you know two simulators on your stands, like of course people are gonna come and play on the simulators, and then then you can you can exchange you know business cards and talk about business and what you do in your technology. But we provide these kind of things for our you know uh, sponsors, and some of them they did like gaming events. They had like a Formula One show car, three mm -hmm. simulators, and they ended up being like the the most popular stand in the whole gaming events because they were like two hours queues just. To come and jump in the simulators and they it turns out they 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 quadruple their like sales on that day uh, so they, this is the kind of like things that uh, 
we do and provide. And it's really interesting to match the virtual world and the real world of racing because you, you know you can be good on FIFA, for instance, and really not very very good at football or soccer, you know. But in in a racing simulator, like you know, you you're doing the same movements, you you're working on the same strategies, you you're building the same, you know, uh, exactly same movement, same braking power and than you would in your real car. And it's getting so realistic then, you know, we put one of our driver in a real Formula One car, like recently is uh-huh. uh, and he's been telling us like it's absolutely the same thing. Like apart from you, you know, the G forces and the the fear of dying, but it's it's the same thing. It's really the same thing. He said the break the brake was like very, very much the same thing, and the car was very easy to drive. Like, so it's very like important feedback for us, but it's also a way of identifying new talents as well. Say, and I was, target this audience. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Do you do you guys and and you guys? I mean, as Alpine and just esports in general. Do you see this as the the next iteration of driver academy for the for the talented drivers that don't have the resources to go out and spend a million dollars a year to try to get into formula one this this is a this is a very important part yes because we we are in a sport like that so expensive motorsport you know you're burning fuel tires brakes you basically basically damaging your car how much does like a car cost already? Like it's really expensive. Yeah. So just like, you know, learning to go to T films, you know, uh, you know, races, race every year, even on cartoon, it costs you half a million. Like so and it's it's just burning money. And so just to it, it will it would allow teams to have like a fair, you know, and the sport to be more fair for like people to access. And so Having an entry point so uh, sim racing, it, it would be would be fantastic for the sport. So this is what we're trying to build. Um, it's getting more and more realistic. Mm-hmm. The day the day we mindset will change from La One and the day um, technology will allow to do so. Of course, you will have like esport drivers uh, coming into F one. We already are seeing it on F three and F two. You know, right. there are drivers that started by the F1 sports days and now they are driving in F2. So they're not far from F1. Um, we have also the, the reverse side of things, you know. Um, Jarno Mir, the, the, the world champion of, uh, of F1 esports, is a former F3 driver and F4 driver, sorry, and used to be in the Rhone Sport Academy. So, and he moved from driving in the real life to drive in the simulator. And it's probably making way more money now. Just by being a content creator and sport driver. So to all so you, you it goes both ways, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so to all you parents out there freaking out about your kids spending too much time playing video games, there is an actual career associated with with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Get them a, a simulator though. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So so now you you've also mentioned the the component of you know technology in your business so blockchain nfts web3 how i mean how does this apply to to formula one like where where does this all fit well you know we're all fans of formula one fan of like technology because f1 is all about technology it's a, it's a man or a woman and a machine 
like. Yeah. And technology is 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 incremental to it. So, um, blockchain is 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 really like a beautiful technology because you you by using and building on it you, um, you know, deleting you know third parties, um, you know, uh, involvement. So through that technology, so there's multiple ways we can use it. The first one is to the one that we can use at the moment is community building and fan engagement. So that's the first thing we do. We we launch a partnership with Binance. Um, I think it's Binance US uh, in, in in your side of the world, but just Binance in the other part. They have like you know eighty percent market share on all exchange of cryptocurrencies, and they 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 wanted to partner with us. And so with them, we created like our fan token. And fan token is a is basically a cryptocurrency that you purchase. But that gives you additional rights uh, as a fan. So if I'm purchasing one fan token, I can keep it and it give you it give me one vote. It's like a share of a company. Mm-hmm. It give me one vote on, on on topics for the team. So I can choose like, for instance, the design of the helmet of a driver, or I can choose between multiple options for the the team kits of the team next year. I can choose like what kind of behind the scenes contents I want. So by purchasing these, these, these tokens, I have a vote and I can interact with the team and share how I feel. And these goes, yeah. So you're saying, so you're saying that through, through this blockchain cryptocurrency, you're buying the ability to say, this is what I want the actual team's suits to look like. Yeah, so the, the topics like this, the topics more related to esports. So this is how I want the, the the design of that car to look like, and I have like four options, and but I can vote for the one I, I prefer, you know. And so so that's that's and if one day I I I feel like I don't want to sh- you know do that anymore, I can sell my my shares and. You know, it goes, it's got the same way as stock market, for instance. You can buy, you know, uh, wow. the fan tokens at a very low price and sell it at a very high price. You're making money, but you have fun along the way. So um, so that's that's the thing that we do. Uh, instantly, like, it's uh, it's a 40 million market cap business. Mm. So, so we have actually, like, 40 million, like, investment from fans to interact with the team. And so all, all, all of this is provided like through blockchain technology. So these are like the first thing we do. We do also like NFTs. So fans could have, you know, we had an issue at first where we, you know, our graphic designer do um, posters for every race. And we wanted to give the fan because many fans ask us like, how can I get the posters? You know, how can I get the posters, you know, uh, in my room and so on? But I want them quick because I want to have them like at the right time of the, of, of the GP, right. and, and we and the, the the ability to produce that in the, in the right time was impossible to to ship all of these and so on. And so we decided to do like NFTs. Like NFTs is basically you can have your poster in a digital environment on it, or and if you want to resell it after, maybe you know. And yeah. so we we did NFTs of these posters um, of the five. Grand Prix of last year that had the most success. So, you know, we had Hungary where, you know, Esteban won the Grand Prix. Uh, we had a poster of the US Austin Grand Prix because it was like the biggest attendance in the Formula One race ever with right. 400,000 people. We had like, I think, uh, 
we have Qatar as well. We have Fernando like did the podium, and so we 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 try and 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 the fans you know bought it, and there were like fifteen thousand you know posters available. Um, you know, like you could buy for fifteen dollars or something like this, worth of the fan token. So you had to purchase the fan token, uh-huh. and then purchase the, the NFT with like your fan token. And so the fans didn't bought it, and and within three hours it was sold out. And so if you had like the posters all the Grand Prix, you had a chance to uh, meet Fernando Alonso online and ask him your, your questions. How cool is that? Yeah. And so all of this, all over the world, you know. So through internet. I gotta say, I'm 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 thoroughly impressed by just the the marketing innovation that you all have to engage the community and get them kind of I don't know bought in per se. I mean, it, to buy uh, to buy tokens and engage and say like you know this is this is what I want the the suit to look like or this is what I want our esports livery to look like or. You know, I want mm-hmm. I want fan posters. What if I? It's just groundbreaking in terms of thinking outside of the box because I don't see, and maybe maybe it's because I'm not connected enough, but I don't see that anywhere else. I think it's it's ahead of its time, and I think it's um, it's a it's amazing. Fans are craving content, so. That's yeah, incredible. and you know, they can own that content in the end to like you know these 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 nfts and then they can you know they they don't want it they can resell it and there will be yeah. someone to purchase it and or they can decide to make money with it uh, by you know being clever on when to buy and when to sell um so these are the things we do we also do like free uh, you know nfts that you can get so we did this championship on esports um mm-hmm. where everybody could qualify on the game as to course competition and so everybody could qualify and drive like this GT4 car Alpine. Uh, and, and if you are one of the 30 fastest, you get to do the championship with us. And it was broadcasted on Binance Live, Twitch, YouTube. And um, through this, if you, won the comp- if you win the competition, you get to drive the real car on the real track. So we made, we reached the thing with, between the virtual world and the real world. On top of this, you get like cryptocurrencies to win. So there's, there was a cash price of $100,000 worth of like our fan token as well. So we reuse like, you know, the market cap of this token to then reinvest in the fans. And um, and so throughout the competition, even if you can't like participate because you're not fast enough like me on the simulator and you just like have fun, you want, you can watch the, 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 the different races at different time of the year and you will have a, a QR code that will pop up. And if you scan the QR code, you get like one part of one car. And if you watch the whole the whole things, you can assemble a full-on NFT that would give you a car that you can drive in the game. So <laughs> let me let me tell you about the power of of that, and and just in terms of global scale. So so my son has a sim off these these TVs, and mm-hmm. we like we we stay up late. So after the after my wife and daughter go to bed, like we'll stay up and hang out and, and whatnot. And occasionally we'll we'll get out and we'll we'll do like you know spa and Senna's McLaren, you know, and mm-hmm. we'll like, okay, yeah. who can get the fastest lap out of five laps, you know, and we'll have these little competitions or whatever. And we go back and forth all the time because he's like, 
dad, you can't drive with the assists. And I'm like, it's funner. <laughs> okay. Like it just, it, I don't have to think as much. I can just have fun. And, you know, and I don't like yeah. carve out a decent lap and then spin it out in the last turn, you know, accelerating. And, and he's like, okay, so dad, he goes, if you ever get the chance to drive a real Formula One car, don't you want to be equipped to be able to enjoy it? Because it doesn't have all those assists that, you know, that the video game provides. And, you know, I was yeah. like, okay, I hear you. Maybe a month later, one of my, one of my followers sent me a message with, with, I, I think it was Alpine. It was a, a contest to sign up and win a, a chance to go to Silverstone or something and drive the car, you know, or, mm. or somewhere to one of your tracks and, and drive it. And immediately I was like, okay, you know, it, I remember this, if I win this competition or contest or whatever it is, you know, I will actually be able to get it around the track without destroying the car in the process. And, you know, or, or at least not embarrass myself by not being able to get it out of first gear. So I think that level of engagement is, is really powerful in what you do because it gets people thinking bigger and engaging deeper. And we're here stateside. We're on the other side of the world in terms of fan base. So it's really- This great. is what we, we're trying to do, you know, open up the competition because, you know, it's very European, like F1, um, you know, all, you know, there are seven teams like based in the UK within like, few miles like that's what we call the formula one valley and if you want to work in f1 like it's very, very difficult to do when you live in the in the us for instance so you would have like you know you can work for the racetrack you can work for agencies that do like the different grand prix or promoters but it's very difficult to be part of one team um from the us you know uh, unless you you move to the uk and um I think there should be more, uh, more and more of F1 in the US because that's such a such a great market. There's such great fans as well, um, and so I'm I'm very looking forward to Las Vegas, um, Miami this year was amazing as well. So it, it's really good to see. Do you, for for all you potential sponsors out there, Formula One is the fastest growing social engagement platform in the world this is on top of major league baseball the nfl uh hockey basketball uh other types of motorsport it is actually the most engaged sport globally meaning if you partner with alpine and you allow them to engage and promote on social media the likelihood of of growth digitally is much higher than anyone else i it's phenomenal but do you get i mean do you get the chance to go to to races yeah i do i do run like four to five races a year um because um you know when you travel you don't you don't walk at the same pace as you know when when you're at home at least least that's how it was for me um but um yeah i do i I do five four to five races um per year yeah it's uh it's incredible we've seen like a massive change in Formula One, you know, there's, there's 300 people waiting in front of your hotel all, all day to get to see your driver or, or your team principal. So, and they are majorly, you know, 
people under 30 years old, you know, like say, it, it's really refreshing to see because the sport has not always been like that um, before. So it, it's really, really cool to see. That, that, that is actually my next topic. So you've been with Alpine through, you know, the rebranding that just took place from, from Renault to, to Alpine. Like how has your role changed as a result of that? Cause I, it was more strategic, right? It was more Alpine is more of our performance division, which there's more brand synergy behind, you know, yep. performance and formula one versus, you know, a road car or Renault. How, I mean, how culturally has, have things evolved? So, so things have changed quite, um, quite a lot because we used to be Renault F1 team and Renault F1 team was not directly attached to Renault. Renault was like, you know, using the Formula One to promote, you know, the brand in, in Europe. Renault is not commercialized in the US as well. Uh, and, 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 and you have to believe that Renault is like a kind of like, um, not, it, it was middle segment of cars. So, you know, cars that's, you know, um, worth like 30 to $40,000 new. So it's kind of, you know, in the middle of like the market, it's not entry market uh, brown, but, um, you know, and it has like a huge story in F1, you know, they, they built engine engine for Red Bull before, they've been like five, five time world champion with Red Bull, you know, two times world champion as a team. So um, that that's an historical team with a bigger heritage. And um, then, you know, we, Renault Group wanted to push uh, their more premium brand, more sportive brand. You know, we're competing against brand like, you know, Ferrari, Mercedes, McLaren, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and we're selling like middle entry range car, you know, that's, that, you know, that doesn't make sense. So we, we decided to push Alpine brand, which is like, you know, um, open centric brand at the moment. Um, to very aggressively develop it to be like a worldwide like EV sport car. Mm-hmm. And so um, that change in marketing was like, okay, we have this new brand. We want to sell this very sportive electric cars in the world and tap into new markets. What a best way as you know, what a best way is to use Formula One as your central marketing platform. And so that's how we changed the name from Renault to Alpine. And Alpine is a business unit within Group Renault that has, you know, endurance racing, car production, F1, esports, and all of these are under the same um, business unit. And so we work together with the car company. We work together with the endurance team. We work together in, you know, using engineers to help us on esports. And we all have the same goal, which is to um, have, you know, this brand Alpine to shine all over the world. And we want to move from selling 4,000 cars this year to in two years selling 50,000 cars. So we want to be like a bit, if you want to picture what Alpine is, it's the Tesla of Europe with yeah. big, big motorsport story and, 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 and engagement. You know, Tesla is not in motorsport at the moment, as we want to... We're passionate about racing. We're passionate about aggressive designs. We're passionate about like driving very fast on, on track, you know. But we want to build sustainable cars as well. And, and, and that's, that's what we want to do. So if you want to picture us, like this is, this is who we are, yeah. 
I I love so as a business person, I love when when companies actually think about brand synergy and and you know how does all of how, how does all of that align with what we're you know doing and saying and and I think that that's that's something that I've been impressed with Alpine and and Renault to to really take a deep look and say like what is what is the heritage what is the 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 marketing what is the messaging and then are we yeah. Are we delivering and executing on what we're saying? And I think, you know, the answer is yes. I, I, I think what, you know, uh, Surreal set out to do, if that's how you pronounce his name, is, is the rubbers hit the road. You know, it's mm-hmm. performing yeah. at a very high level and competing with, with the likes of McLaren. And, you know, it's, it's fascinating. So, so being in Formula One, you know, every fan is like, you know, what, what was your pinch me moment? Like, at what point did you walk in and be like, where am I? What, like, what just happened? <laughs> I can't believe I'm thinking <laughs> right now. Um, there have been multiple moments. When I started to work in F1 and build like all these amazing proposals for sponsors, you know, uh, you know, I started to say, well, it's the first time in my life I'm walking and not looking at the clock. Yes. Yeah. So you you like you wake up and you're like oh, it's already like six p.m. or seven p.m. Like I need to finish all of that. I love what I'm doing. So, and um, at the time I was going to walk riding my riding a motorbike, and I, I feel like moments where you're riding the bike back from work and you you're starting dancing on the bike like just because you were so happy about what you're doing. The second moment was the first time I entered the paddock, and got into the to see like the formula one garage as a, I mean there's there's something magic in there that comes and you're like wow wow and yeah. um and I'd say like the uh the third time is um it's, you know it's uh, it's around the factory when you're when you realize it's not just you know putting fast cars and racing cars you, you see the amazing technology that is behind and you're like Okay, this has a purpose. It's not just to, you know, race cars, have fun, and give you know people to have fun in front of their TV. There's like we're driving innovation that will change the life of people forever, and that's what I love about the sport um, and the technology that goes behind you. Like it's madness. So I'm still learning things now, and there's probably like ninety percent of it that I don't know um, because yeah. it's so like it's specific. Uh, it's it's just amazing. So yeah, that's a spot that can surprise you all the time. It's incredible. I think the first time that I got in front of a Formula One car, I was mesmer. I was both terrified and mesmerized. I think at the the concept or the probability of sitting in that thing, because of all of the aerodynamic elements. You know, it just it it's one thing to to watch it and and have somebody you know break a floorboard or crack something off and they're like ah you know whatever but like when you're actually in front of it and there's like 50 aerodynamic elements sitting within like five millimeters of the concrete you're just like wow and all of that stuff matters so much you know it's it just it takes the concept of what what that machine really is 
and the work and the engineering and the just the innovation that goes into that you know which then gets transferred to road cars you know it's 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 a testing ground for for you or i in in the real world i I love it it's it's insane you know when you you start thinking about like anything that goes behind the line you know we're using ct scan machines to um (laughs) to scan the inside of parts of every part of the car so if you have a crash every part will go through that you know same thing that you would go if you go to the hospital after you know uh, breaking you know your arm or something you go to city scan and they they scan your arm it's the same way goes to the formula one team and we have like an inspection department 24 hour 24 hour inspect every millimeter of every part of the car to make sure that you know the car that you see on the screen don't lose a tenth of a second a lap because something is failing. And you, you, all of these things, you don't see them. Like, you just, there was something about like Saudi Grand Prix last year. Esteban lost, you know, uh, the third place for the podium and in the last trade to Valtteri Bottas, who was driving in, in the Mercedes. The reason behind that is that there was a hole the size of your TV on the, on the floor of the car. Oh. It wasn't Esteban driving slowly. <laughs> it was, and, and so all of these things, like you, you don't see them and you don't see them happening. You don't see the physics, the damage that the just racing a, a car on the race side do. But uh, uh, the behind of the scenes of, behind of, yeah, the behind of the scenes of it is like just insane. And you I, won't have it in any other spots. And that's what make F1 unique, you know. What, what didn't you expect when you entered this or you entered the paddock? Like what, what shocked you? Well, the first thing that shocks you when you're telling the paddock is like how like you see the journalists that you watch on TV. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're, they're normal people, um, you know, uh, drivers, you know, people that you've been following on TV, they're, they're there like, and they know each other, they're normal people and they're having their job. You know, everybody has a job to do and I think the technological part of F1 is the most impressive for me now. Um, it's how, how much technology goes behind the scenes and how intelligent are the people that work in F1 um, to, to be able to develop it. You know, this, we're 3D printing some of the parts that are in the car. And it's just, it's just some of the things that goes behind the scenes are just insane. And so that's what the, that was the thing that surprised me most. So. It's it's the best driver in the planet in the best machines ever. <laughs> that's 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 what I can tell you. How okay, so so if if you have fans globally anywhere and they want to get into the business end of, of Formula One, what like what advice do you have them? Like if I, I know you I've listened to you before and during this recording and you obviously have a passion for this and you you know you're successful in your role and I can I can feel that what advice would you have for somebody if you could help if you could help somebody listening to this you know follow their passion into this world what would you what would you say to them um, I'd, I'd say you know like it's goes the same way with every passion in the world don't focus on the main brands that are in there. Don't focus just on the team, the F1. If you can't make it to a team and to F1 right now, there's plenty of other companies that gravitate around F1. So whether you 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 
you work for a partner of a Formula One team, a partner of an event, a race promoter, um, an, an event agency that would work towards Formula One, a marketing agency that is involved in Formula One. It's insane the number of companies that gravitate around that, around there. You know, you have like half a million people attending a race, a race weekend. There are mm. so many people working there at the time. And so if you want to step foot into F1, reach out not only to the main companies, teams and the championship, but reach, do your research and reach out to the companies that are actually also struggling to hire the best people because of the lack of exposure they get. But they, you know, you would be in the paddock, you would be in a paddock club, you would be on a, on a race event and you would perhaps start working with people in F1 and get a door open to you. To you. So, so basically do your research and, uh, and try to not only target F1 teams or the F1 organization itself, but all the companies that gravitate around that. And it works the same for music. It works the same for, for every passion that you can have. Just, just target, just not only focus on what's visible and, you know, hundreds of thousands of people would target. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think, you know, you, you said it best, investing in yourself, even if that means working for free. And I, and I don't, I'm not a big proponent of going out and, you know, spending years working for free, but it, I mean, invest in yourself. I mean, I, yep. we're sitting here having this conversation because I just started writing about my passion and, you know, and garnering a following and, you know, it's created all these, these moving parts all over the place that I had never expected. And, you know, and, and it's the same as you, you know, you invested in it, you went to races, you worked at races, you, you, you know, volunteered your time you know, in exchange for an investment in yourself and your future. And, and it's paid dividends. I, I, yeah. It's awesome. And you learn, you learn as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's not just like go to an event and, you know, uh, hold boxes, you, you know, you, you, you're learning things and that's, that's will serve you for the rest of your life. So, so how do, how do people find you and, and what you do? Like how, how do listeners kind of engage you and your brand? Um, you know, you can start following the team on social media. That's the first thing I would tell you. Um, and follow what we do. Uh, LinkedIn, social media are good to, to follow what we do in general. Um, if you love cryptocurrency, just please have a look to our fan token. And, and that might give you ideas of your business as well. Um, you know, try to follow team members on on LinkedIn as well, they share a lot of things about the team, um, and you know, you know, follow the brand because there there will be insane things coming up. So oh, that would be quite interesting. Yeah. We're excited for that. How how can the world of motorsports help you? How say again? How, the, how, how can the world of of how can the audience or the the world of motorsports help you guys do what you do above following or liking or sharing posts that you have? You know, I think it's, you know, just by watching Formula One, you're helping us, you know, uh, you know, it's, 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 you know, by engaging with, you know, with your friends about F1 and trying to learn about the technology behind it. Um, I think that's, that's helping, um, you know, it's not, we, we're far from, you know, just being like race cars, doing tour, doing laps around the circuit. There's, there's way more to it. And that's, that's what we all love. So um, yeah, that's, you know, we, I, don't think you know we 
well placed to ask help from the fans. I think we it's our responsibility to bring a lot to people. You know that sometimes people have difficult lives as well, and get like a lot of comfort in, in in and hope in watching you know races and and seeing you know um, this young driver being successful. I think it's our role in, instead of like motorsport fan to bring something to us. I think it's us that needs to bring some things to the fans. Uh, by you know having you know more women in engineering, more women in the pit, pit um, you know the pit wall, you know more diversity involved in the sport, making it F one more accessible because it's not just a sport for uh, you know fifteen years old men um, you know lying on their couch while watching the, the the race. You know it has to be something that brings hope, diversity, um, you know whole models as well. It's really important. So. Um, we one of our projects is to bring more diversity into sports, and we're having like a, a big change in the last two years. There's a lot of like female engineers like join, joining the team, and they're all passionate about the sport. And you know, seeing more, uh, you know, people like yourself, like you know, just just seeing someone like, like Lewis Hamilton, you know, performing at the top of of F1, and and being coming from like a different background that you know other like drivers is is a hope for for a lot of people in the world to be able to succeed. So that's, it's more us that need to bring something to, to the, the fans and that's what we, we're working on. I'm really glad that you said that, okay? So like that is always <laughs> my, my goal is, is having, having guests come on and you know, showcasing that you know, whether you don't come from wealth if you don't come from resources, if you're, you know, man, woman, minority, whatever it is that when you follow your passions and, and I don't mean your interests, but your passions, you can achieve so much. And I, and I think that you're a testament of that. And, and it's been really great to find people within Formula One that have supported this podcast and come on and said like, you know, I engage social media or like, here's my story, because it's a story that we can all relate to. It's a story that, mm. you know, is achievable by, you know, if I'm passionate about soccer or football, I, I am able to, to, you know, uh, it's Steve Jobs once said, and I think it was a Harvard um, or Stanford presentation that he yeah. had given, you know, like, if you're really passionate about something and you put your finger on it and you just do something like you can actually mm. move the world. And I, and I think that, you know, you're a great, just, you're a great example of that. And man, Guillaume, thank you for coming on here. Like such an awesome conversation, such a, like a pillar of hope for young people that want to, you know, chase their dreams or chase a career in formula one. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for the invite, Ryan. We don't we don't get you know always the time to, to talk about what we do, and and sharing this you know the more we share the more we we, we help people and think that's that's the plan. So happy to be here and happy to chat here. Uh, man, Fernando wouldn't be on the grid if it wasn't for people like you. And I think that's you know you're you're the type of people that I focus on getting on here is because I I really truly think that it's it's people in your roles and engineering and, you know, hospitality and sponsorships that just 
drive the thing that that we're passionate about that car that car wins races because of people like you so keep it up yeah that, that bigger brain is also behind behind the team just, just yes. people way way far more intelligent than me that did this but uh, thank you <laughs> thank you very much for being on here i appreciate it thank you ryan